Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on guys? Welcome back to another 2022 NBA playoff post-game recap here on Dime Dropper live from Los Angeles, California. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is a very special night. We had two game sixes, our first two game sixes of this second round. The 76ers and the Miami Heat, 76ers fighting for their playoff lives. And then the Dallas Mavericks fighting for their playoff lives. I'm going to start with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat. So my prediction was Heat and six. And in the first quarter, I noticed the Heat were going zone. And I actually saw one thing from James Harden that was good tonight in this first quarter, and that was that he told Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid was going to come set a screen for him, and he said, nah, get in the high post. And that's, as I always say, the traditional way to break down a zone. But they were still having some trouble with it in the beginning of the game. And Joel Embiid was being very aggressive to start the game for sure, the whole first half. Very aggressive. He was going down swinging, but not in a post-up fashion. It was all face-up, mid-range kind of charging it at the defense. The amount of times that that, who, that dude hit the floor tonight was on was ridiculous. Like It may have been a record amount. Anthony Davis-esque. At one point, he just tripped over his own feet. It was so bad. But first quarter was pretty even. You know, Jimmy Butler again got off to a really good start. It was 28-25 to 25 Miami. I want to say, though, I mean, his season is over, but Danny Green, tough leg injury. And I wish him the best because that was a big loss definitely for the for the 76ers. He's actually been really good in these playoffs. Uh, and he's solid on both ends of the floor. Second quarter, I actually thought Embiid and Harden were not even playing that bad. You know, Harden hit a couple of threes in the second quarter and then Embiid hitting some mid-ranges. And he still got to the line. But not that many times. Only four times. And... The thing about it is you could just clearly tell that he just wasn't 100%. He didn't post up at all. They showed a graphic about like the amount of times he had posted up in the series, and it was so minimal, which is insane because we did see him in the Toronto series post up, and that was the main thing. He, couldn't, he didn't want to fight for post position deep enough. He didn't want to fight. He was maybe afraid he was going to get hurt. At one point on a timeout, he kind of like was like collapsing to the floor. He looked, you know, he's grabbing his face. He just didn't look 100%, and I've noticed at this point, you know, Joel Embiid's a warrior. He fought. He really fought. I think he gave it his, a go, and he tried to go down swinging. He wanted to make sure that if they fell, they fell on his shoulders. If he couldn't get post up, if he didn't have the energy to just get all the way to the rim or try to fight for deep post position, he was still going to shoot. And he got double teamed, triple teamed, loaded up on all night long, and he still continued to fire. And, you know, I prefer that to being timid, but he still made some really bad decisions. And ultimately, Joel Embiid, after this amazing season that he had, he didn't really, and on defense, you know, they were going at him a lot, Miami. 
They were going at him a lot, but ultimately after this season, and he was doing okay, but not great. He, he was getting scored on in pick and roll a good amount, and partially it was his fault. Tobias Harris, poor first half as well defensively. Poor game defensively, honestly. But the thing about Embiid is he had such an incredible season. I gained a lot of respect for him with how hard he fought, and the thing is he just can't... It's, it's very un, He's been very unlucky. He doesn't... He gets injured at a very tough times. You know, times in the playoffs where they need him. And he's not one of those guys that can play through injuries like it's nothing. You know, last year he looked that way, but in the fourth quarter he just ran out of gas. And then this year he just got injured and he, you know, came back kind of abruptly. And he still helped the team win two games, but just wasn't enough. He just wasn't 100%. He wasn't the best player in the series when he played. That would be Mr. Jimmy Buckets, who in the third quarter when... By the way, it's crazy to think, but the Heat were only up one point at, at halftime. And then it all went to shit. Jimmy Butler basically took over the game. You know, the Sixers are in drop coverage with Joel Embiid. And Jimmy Butler was getting to the elbows, hitting jumpers. He had a one-on-one and one against James Harden. He was getting to the basket. And... The on the other end, they were stopping him, shutting him down. The Sixers all isolation because obviously the Heat switch a lot. Everything but Embiid essentially. And Embiid with Embiid, they'll go drop coverage with Bam. And he does a great job of playing Embiid and the ball handler. And also because guys like Jimmy Butler, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent are gonna fight over screens and try hard, and they're gonna be on the same page. The Heat look like and PJ Tucker, of course. The Heat look like a team, a team with chemistry, a team that knows where each other's at on defense and all that. The Sixers look like a group of individuals. And that's what I always say about Glenn Rivers teams. They just don't look like they're well coached. You know, I I've I've been watching basketball long enough to know when a team looks well coached. And with the Miami Heat you see it. They they move the ball. They play well together. They make the extra pass all the time. They you know it's hard. they play for 48 minutes. You know what I'm saying? They have very good attention to detail. The Sixers just don't have championship habits. That's why I called them frauds all season long. It's like these Glen Rivers teams, they just don't really have championship habits. That Celtics team did because they're full of champion. They're full of, you know, A1 competitors and, and alpha males. And the thing about this Sixers team is, you know, Embiid's great, but as I said, all season long, we haven't seen him get out of the second round. And partially that's because this health stuff, you know, just or, and bad luck, whatever you want to call it. And James Harden in the second half, man, how do I put this? Like, I'm going to keep it basketball before I get into the other shit, but he couldn't get the step on anybody. Every single time he was hitting the paint or even trying to hit the paint, multiple bodies would get onto him, and Embiid and Harden weren't making the right passes quick enough, and they were swarming him. You know, James Harden still had nine assists. He actually still made some decent passes, but he also had four turnovers. You know, Embiid was forcing it. Just shooting a lot of jump shots. They were getting what they wanted. And then the Miami Heat on the other end were scoring in transition. And Max Drews, I thought he was fantastic tonight. Making his open threes. But he also had an amazing offensive rebound putback where he just came out of nowhere. And that was a huge theme tonight for the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, Max Drews, 20 points, 5 assists. But the staggering stat of them all with him, 11 rebounds. Three of them offensive. You can't be letting Max Struess get 11 rebounds. And again, what's been the theme we've talked about all playoffs long, guys? Rebounds. 49 for the Miami Heat and 35 for the Philadelphia 76ers. 13 offensive rebounds for Miami and 6 for Philly. And a huge reason for that was the laziness and outright lack of care from one James Harden in the second half. 
You know, Stephen A. Smith was getting on him about the two-shot attempts. That was ridiculous, too, especially for a guy that in the past has been a ball dominator. And trust me, he still had the ball here and there. For whatever reason, he didn't want to go to Embiid in him pick and roll a lot. He tried to put Smalls in the pick and roll and get Gabe Vincent on him on the switch a lot. And he just didn't get anything. He got that was he had some success in the first half, but that doesn't really matter. In the second half, it's not even the offense stuff that I really had a problem with. It's the it's the blatant lack of care on defense. I don't even know if that guy bent bent his knees five times last night in the second or tonight in the second half. And not only that, he doesn't box out. He's standing around watching on rebounds while Max Drews and P.J. Tucker are hungry. I hate to use the cliche, but they wanted it more. He turns the ball over. He turned the ball over multiple times in the second half carelessly, and he doesn't even sprint to get back. No, nothing. You know, just jogging back, walking to the on, to the bench on a timeout. Like, oh, it's just another regular season game. I'm not even tripping if we lose. Some people suggested to me that he played so badly to get Glenn Rivers fired. I don't care what it is. How many times have we talked about this guy folding like this, like a freaking lawn chair in a playoff game? 2017, a lot of people were talking about that tonight with me. You know, some nights in Houston, I wouldn't say he folded, but he just kind of choked. Didn't come up big in the big, didn't come up big when it counted. And then this is just a new low of them all. He didn't look like he gave a fuck tonight. And I'm sorry, but this is the guy that you guys wanted to say, he's got to be the fourth best shooting guard of all time at minimum. Get the fuck out of here. You know, we can think of the game differently. And James Harden is not in this untouchable category that he's like, you know, impervious. Like, first of all, as a first option, yeah, he did amazing. But his claim to fame in 20 years is going to be he almost beat that amazing Warriors team that a lot of people feel is the best team ever. A thing that, despite the fact they have as good a claim for that honor as any, that's not a fact. You can't just compare teams in different eras like that. And factually, you can, but you, there's no fact to it. Um, they were the best team of their time. There's no doubt about it. And James Harden did amazing then. But it's, you know, the oh, if Chris Paul had gotten hurt, I'm not trying to hear that shit anymore. Because he's been he's had other years of his career. He doesn't he doesn't give up championship vibes. He doesn't he doesn't exude leadership of a st- superstar. He's not cut out to win um a championship as the best player, you know, to be honest with you. He's not cut out for it. He knew that. That's why he left to Brooklyn and quit on Houston in, at the end, making a big deal. You know, it didn't this passive aggressive shit where he didn't want to demand a trade, and you know played on the court and disrespected his fellow teammates in Houston and wasn't even was just dogging it out there. And then he goes to Brooklyn where he wanted to go, and then he said James Harden's scary hours. And then the whole fiasco this season with you know he lost faith in Kyrie. Uh, because of the vaccine thing, and KD was injured, and he just threw in the towel and left and fled to Philly, where the spotlight on him was even bigger, even bigger. You know, the Nets really could have used James Harden on offense, at least in that first round, but he goes to Philly and just does this, lays an egg, and Bede was injured. What's your excuse? I'm done with James Harden, with Plumber Jim. That's what he looked like tonight, Plumber Jim. That was not James Harden. That was James Larden, with a capital L, and Lard as in, yes, Lard. He looks big out there, man. Slow. Lost a step. I don't the thing about Harden is I don't feel bad about grilling him because I know he has all the he had all this talent in the world. And he still has had one of the best careers of any shooting guard ever. I'm not gonna deny that. He's an MVP. But I just don't respect the way he competes when we talk about him in the same breath as guys like Reggie Miller or Ray Allen or Manu Ginobili. You know, Manu Ginobili, he may have never been able to lead a team to a seventh game against that Warriors team, but I'm taking him on my team 10 out of 10 times because he's going to fucking compete 
every step. He's not gonna, and he may make some bad plays, but ninety nine percent of the time, he's not gonna do the dumb shit that James Harden does. He understands time and place. He has a high basketball IQ. James Harden does, but he like defensively, he doesn't give a shit, and like he doesn't do the intangibles. Manu is the type of guy that makes those extra effort plays. He he had the it factor that, you know, Harden. He's a great stats guy. He doesn't give a shit to me. Doesn't give it. Doesn't he just cares about you know partying, and the lifestyle and the studio and the numbers, but he's not hungry. He's not gonna get any better. So there's no reason why the Sixers should look to do anything about him in terms of re-signing him or anything. Just let him go. And then, you know, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias in the fourth quarter. That was a valiant effort. But and Shake Milton as well. I don't want to forget about him. But Jimmy Butler, he just was just phenomenal all night long. And I thought Tyler Hero, too, in the various stretches of the game, did really well in pick and roll in the drop coverage, cooking it up. He had 10 points on 5 of 12 shooting. Max Struess, though, you know, 20 points for him. 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 6 for 14 shooting, 4 for 10 from deep. You got 10 points out of Bam, out of bio, 5 for 5, 8 rebounds. Great defense as usual. Held Joel Embiid to a really tough shooting night. P.J. Tucker was awesome. 12 points, 4 offensive rebounds, 9 overall, 2 blocks, 6 for 9 shooting, and then Jimmy. He's just been one of the best players in this playoffs. He's one of the best players in the NBA. 32 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, so versatile on defense. A steal, 2 blocks, 13 for 29 shooting, 2 for 6 from deep. Miami didn't shoot even well from 3, only 25%, but they got the job done, 99-90 to win the series. And 6, like I said, the heat is on. They moved to the conference finals for the second time in 3 years. Let's go to the Sixers stats. They finally bow out. 15 points for Shake Milton off the bench. Pretty good night for him. James Harden, only two shot attempts in the second half. Just embarrassing. Four for nine from the field. Three for seven from deep. 11 points, four boards, nine assists, four turnovers. Didn't give a shit on defense. 20 points for Maxi. nine for 22 shooting. He shot 13 more shots than Harden. Ridiculous. And he was getting just as much defensive attention. He just has the quick step. He can get by people more than him. Than Harden. One for seven from deep though from Maxi. Tobias, six for 13, two for five from three. I thought overall they didn't do a good enough job of trying to get him involved, but he also just can be a ghost. You know, he played 38 minutes and it didn't feel like that. It felt like he played 28 minutes because it second half he he was making his shots, but in the first half, he just doesn't he, he he's too dependent on other people trying to get him going. He needs to like he's the one of those guys that Looks like he needs to be coached. And everybody needs to be coached, but he's the one that seems like he needs his hand held sometimes. He needs to go out there and get it. But whatever, he may never learn. I'm kind of lo- I'm kind of uh, over having the hope for Toby. Embiid, 20 points, 12 rebounds, 7 for 24 shooting, 2 for 8 from deep. He bows out after a great season, the best of his career. And now for the moment you've all been waiting for. I know you guys have been waiting for it. 26 people... Waiting oh so patiently in the chat. A lot of them Clipper fans. <laughs> Didn't I tell you this shit was coming? I told you this thing was coming. It doesn't matter what injuries, what excuses, what you want to say. Glenn Rivers will not make it out of the second round ever again. Not with this team. Damn right he won't. He just doesn't have the tendencies of a championship coach. That I, and then you know, I know. Well, how can you say that? He won a championship. Ugh. Tom Thibodeau made him with his defensive schemes. He would have never been able to figure out Kobe that way. I wouldn't even want to say figure out. Limit Kobe that way if he didn't have Tibbs. 
three three one leads blown from the same coach or two three one leads, that's on three. That's almost twenty five percent of all three one leads blown in the history of the league. A wise man once said that, and you're looking at him because fucking Glenn Rivers has only made me look good since that day. I know not all of that video aged well. The Paul George part definitely didn't, but Glenn Rivers aged like fine wine because I told y'all we were never going to get out of the second round until we got him out. He will do something to sabotage you, and if he's not doing something to sabotage you, he's not elevating you at all. He doesn't he doesn't overachieve to me. Uh, yeah, you could say 2019 Clippers. No, no, no. I think, yeah, he did a decent job there. I'll give it to him. But I think that that team's talent was underappreciated. We had to buy it. We, I could go on all day, but it's not the point. Let's not talk about that. I don't even think Glenn Rivers really did anything. I, not something that I recognize that he did wrong in this particular game. And, you know, it's harder to kind of know rotations and schemes and, and, you know, who's hot and all that when you're not watching the team. You know, I'm watching the Sixers every game, but I'm watching every team every game. So it's hard to keep track. It's different than when it's my team. But I guarantee Glenn Rivers didn't have a flawless coaching season. I've seen them complain all year. He doesn't elevate anything. He doesn't take any team's extra place. Like, championship teams or teams that are on that borderline, he needs, like, the mentally toughest players. He hasn't made it past the... The second round since 2012. He has not made it to the final since with, since he's at Tibbs as his coach. He is fugazi, and he has no accountability. He takes none. He has a delusional sense of himself, and putting him top 15 just made it even worse because now he has an even more inflated ego as a coach that he doesn't deserve. He's not better than Sharman. He's not better than Hannum. He's not better than Tomjanovich. He, he has that one ring he's been living off for all these years later. He was given so much power by Steve Ballmer because of that. He is very average at best, and that's being fucking nice. He won a championship because he had mental giants that knew how to sacrifice for one another with a deep bench full of absolute dogs. And, you know, some luck along the way as well with Andrew Bynum uh, and Trevor Ariza. You know, that Laker team, as great as they were, Kobe was fantastic. I'm not going to take anything away from the Celtics. You can you can do that with every championship run, with you know, ever. But Glenn Rivers, you know, I give more credit to the players. It's a players league, and the players deserve more of the blame tonight. But Glenn Rivers is just, he's never going to make it past the second round. It's time to go back in the broadcast booth. I've said it several times. You are going to drain the fans in Philly. They were booing tonight a lot. And this is another thing I'm going to say. This is another thing I'm going to say. The Philadelphia 76ers fans, I know you have this reputation of being these harsh fans and all that, but you're booing your team when they're down by 8 points, 10 points. Come on. Where's your belief? You needed a turnover to get you on your feet. I like the Sixers fans. But what are, like, come on, guys. You're booing with eight. It's an eight-point game in a closeout. Like, you got to try to give these guys a little bit of love. The city of brotherly love. I guess not, but I don't have anything. Harden is the biggest embarrassment of tonight. He's the biggest embarrassment. He's a player. Glenn Rivers, you know, he, we know who he is. We know I was right about that. There's nothing else to be said. We needed to get him out. He was part of, he was the cancer. He was the cancer. We removed the plague and now he's in Philly and, you know, they got to make a smart decision and get rid of him. But I think because of Embiid's injury, he's going to get spared. And, you know, the, the ridiculous comments he's made throughout the last two years. First, it was, it ain't going to be much different. He was sitting right next to me. Oh, Really? You know what's not much different? You not getting out of the second round. You know what's different? We fucking made it out of the second round for the first time in 50 years with Ty Lu. Not you. You continue to lose in the second round in Philly. 
with an MVP caliber player that, you know, unfortunately got injured. But you know what? Sucks to suck, buddy. Sucks to suck. And then you say things like, would you ask Pop that question? Seriously. But your ashy ass voice. Pop? You're comparing yourself to Pop? Dude, I don't even know if you're better than Don Nelson. You had Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Rondo, James Posey, Big Baby Dave. Uh, okay, I'm reaching. But, you know, Leon Poe, PJ Brown, Sam Cassell, Eddie House. That team was loaded. Kendrick Perkins in his prime as a great role player. Come on. I think some of my freaking YouTube subscribers could do a decent job coaching that team with Tom Thibodeau standing next to them. All these schemes. But whatever. I've I've I've, I've spared I've, I've been harsh enough on Glenn tonight. He's he's done. Good riddance. Philadelphia. I hope you guys do the smart thing and get Harden and, and Glenn out of there so Embiid can have a real actual chance of winning the championship. Um because he actually is a special player. Tyrese Maxey's also really good too. Keep hold of him and you'll see where you go from there. At this point, nobody should be giving Harden that money, that max that he wants, that he's going to probably ask for. You'd be foolish to give him that. He's just, I don't want him anywhere near my ball club. Don't ask me. Man, you can ask me in the live questions after this uh, episode ends, What I this all time, all that. He's just not worth the time. Let's talk about the Suns and the Mavs, though. Oh, man. It's been the all-home game kind of series. And I said Suns in seven. And it's looking like that could be very much what ends up happening. For the first, I want to say 18 minutes of the game, it was very even, very defensive, pretty ugly, in fact. You saw Luka trying to attack Chris Paul in the pick and roll, and you saw Chris Paul trying to attack Luka in the pick and roll. I thought Luka was holding his own low-key. Chris Paul, when Luka got him on -on one-on-one switches, he was cooking him. He was cooking him, and Luka was just, even though the Suns had him making some mistakes a little bit in the first quarter, I thought after that he bounced back and got whatever he wanted, you know. Um, Getting to the basket, step back threes, all that good stuff. The Suns, the problem is Devin Booker and Chris Paul never got going. Never. And you got to give a lot of credit to Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith, who've just been exceptional on Chris Paul all series. You already know the Mavs scheme. When Dwight Powell's in, they're going to do a mix of sometimes drop coverage. Sometimes he's going to come out and hedge and blitz Paul and Booker. And then when Kleba's in, they're going to go with more switch everything. And Chris Paul, he was looking sus with that ISO tonight. Every time he was going to the basket or trying to go to the basket, multiple bodies, forcing turnovers, the length of the Mavs, very problematic for Phoenix. And Devin Booker, after that good first quarter, which to be honest, I'm starting to realize the Devin Booker first quarters don't really mean that much anymore. Well, I wouldn't say don't mean that much anymore, but... It's kind of inevitable. He's so great in the first quarter, but that doesn't mean he's going to end up having a good game, and that doesn't mean that the Suns are going to win just because they get off that good start. Although that's obvious. But in the Booker sense, he gets off to a good start, doesn't mean he's going to continue. And he didn't score for like two quarters tonight, which is unacceptable, especially for the praise and and, and the conversations I put him in. Because I believe Book's a top 10 player in the league, and I don't. that's not somebody that – that's not a performance of a top 10 player in the league. Now, we've seen – a bunch of great players have shitty games in these playoffs, so I'm not going to say he's not just because of that. However, that was unacceptable tonight. 
He was getting locked up. Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock were doing an amazing job getting over those screens. Maxi Kleba was doing a great job in drop coverage or whatever he was asked to do. He was playing great. And the Mavs were just on a string defensively all night long. So you got to give credit to Jason Kidd. A lot of credit to Jason Kidd for what he's done for this to this Mavs team defensively. That's the real difference between last year's team and this year's team. And you know another guy that He's, I talked about how he never has bad games, but he did again tonight, and that was Mikhail Bridges. He was one of five, his first five shots. He ended two of seven, but he never really got going, and it was the flurry at the end of the second half quarter that gave the Mavs the 17-point lead, and they never looked back. And a lot of that was creating turnovers. You know, again, the Suns tonight, 22 turnovers, entirely too many, and Devin Booker had eight of them, and Chris Paul had five. And again, as I said, that's the length of the Mavs, but just the multiple bodies they're seeing, and they just locked them up. And again, Devin Booker's had some really good games in the series, but Chris Paul, he hasn't had a good game since game two. He was okay last game, but he's been terrible for three of them. And he still made some decent reads tonight, but... You know, the best success he had, he wasn't getting shots off. The best success he had was second half. He got a couple catch-and-shoot threes, and that was good for him to go off the ball a little bit. But Devin Booker, too, taking some bad shots. I remember the first shot he took in the second half was a contested three. You're down 15 points. I thought Aiton was the best son tonight, and I still thought he was kind of weak. You know, missed some chippies and all that. But 21-11, and 11, like, the stats look good. I just thought that Luka was getting whatever he wanted. If he was switched on to anybody, he, nobody can guard him. He's so strong. He does a great job of taking advantage of Chris Paul in the post. He is so crafty, great with his body, so strong. He makes he makes life tough on the refs. Tonight he got to the line 14 times, made nine of them, so free throws still need a little bit of work. But he's also just making some incredible passes, skip passes. You know, he'll cook that drop coverage, you know. The Suns play great drop coverage defense, but Luka, he just finds guys. And I thought that the Phoenix Suns tonight... JaVale McGee got a coach's decision, DNP, but I don't think that's the right decision. I think McGee's got to see minutes. I think he can actually switch on certain guys with his length and just, just make guys think a little bit more on the drive. Than, he's a little bit more agile to me, arguably, than Aiton, just his athleticism alone. Aiton's fantastic, though. He played a lot of minutes. Actually, well, he only played 30. I guess because they sat out the fourth quarter, but... 34-27 in favor of Dallas in the third. Reggie Bullock was just unbelievable. He was in everything. 5 for 11 from deep, 7 for 15 from the field. Dorian Finney-Smith only got four shots off, but his defense was exceptional. And then Jalen Brunson had another great game. He's been really good since game two, really good. 18 points, 6 for 14 shooting. He was going at Chris Paul and Booker, so got to give him credit there. He's been fantastic. And then Maxi Kleba, 9 points in 25 minutes. And the Dallas Mavericks win in commanding fashion. And I said this tonight on Twitter, and I really believe this. And, you know, you can argue Kevin Durant, but I think Luka is the best 23-year-old player that we've had since LeBron. I truly believe that. I think he's the best, you know, fourth-year player that, you know, that was that entered the league at 19 or younger that, since LeBron, since 07 Bron. He's really that good. He's special. He's got incredible court vision at his size. Amazing basketball IQ. Very LeBron-esque in that sense. The way, court, the way he can control pace and just kind of play with a, as a one-man offense is very spectacular. The only main difference between LeBron and Luka when they were young is LeBron was so, so athletic and explosive. It was like something we had, something out of a, another universe. And Luka has none of that instead, but he has the skill 
that LeBron didn't have. I wouldn't say LeBron didn't have, but certain skills, like his footwork is so much better. He's much more fundamentally sound. Better in the post that he wasn't that age, much better. LeBron didn't even have a post game like that at that age. Occasional moves, but nothing consistent. And I wouldn't say Lucas is too consistent, but he still goes to it. Actually, no, it is against, against Smalls it is. Not against his own size necessarily. But actually, he bullies. He bullies. I'm talking like turnarounds and stuff. That can be still not always there for Luka from what I've seen. But he's still much better than LeBron was at that age. Um, but they have a lot of the similar tendencies in the way that they can pass in the half-court set and pick and roll especially and just kind of carve you apart. And it's and you know what's interesting too about them is they prefer shooting going to their left. They don't stop on a dime going right because their shot releases a little bit from the top left side of their head kind of. So when you're going when LeBron and Luke are going right, they're almost always lowering that shoulder and going in, digging that shoulder, and then left is where they like to shoot, especially on that step back. They both do it. But that's just some little nerdy quirk point outs about Luka and LeBron. But I think Kevin Durant in 2011 is a good claim. I thought Chris Paul in 08 was really good too. But And by the way, for those going to say Dwayne Wade, he had been in college for a little bit. So he was obviously the best third-year player I've ever seen. But, you know, different. But anyways, we got a Game 7, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, at long last, we got a Game 7 for the first time in these playoffs. And I'm excited. I think the Suns are going to win. Suns in seven. This is it, though, for Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They have to win this game. They cannot lose or else I'm going to clown the fuck out of them. Because some Suns fans were talking real mess on Twitter this year. Real mess. Especially when we lost in the plane, which I found ridiculous. Because guess what? If you're losing to the Mavs with Luka and no stars, just wait till we fucking get Kawhi and... and Paul back healthy and getting ready to go because our length will run you guys out and Chris Paul is not getting any younger. So just be ready, Phoenix. This is your chance. This is your chance. The best two words in team sports, if you're not counting World Cup, of course, game seven. Footprint center in Phoenix, Arizona. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, get her done. I said sons in seven. You have a date with the Warriors. Warriors. 